Bible says the message of the cross is foolishness. 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 Foolishness to those that are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Wow, well guys, God bless. Hope you are all doing well. This is Brian Sumner. We are heading into episode 9 of the Foolishness Podcast. Welcome. I'm looking forward to jumping into some things today, but before we do, I want to encourage you guys, if these are blessing you, if these are pointing to the Bible, if you are hearing testimony, please share it with people, invite people, not to make us known, but because we want to make God known. All of that said, today we're going to be jumping into some heavy topics, topics that will bless you about what it means to walk when we wrestle with God, when we step in places that maybe it seems the Lord isn't leading us, but actually he's revealing more of himself. So I say that because today I have the privilege of having one of my good friends, I think a friend of almost over 20 years who is gifted in many ways, who's had his own journey with the Lord, the skate industry, Josh Harmony, Josh what is going on? Hi, Brian. Thank you for having me on. <laughs> <laughs> How's everything? You're good? You cruised over? I did, yeah. And we've, we've known each other for, what, 20 years or something at something least? Something like that, yeah. I mean, I still feel like I'm so young, but now we've got wives and Children. three kids, and yeah. we're all over the place. But yeah. I was going to do this big, big intro, but really... Um, Getting into this today, we're going to unpack Josh's journey, which has been an amazing journey, coming to faith before I did. But before we do, one of the things I've asked him to do, because he is gifted, as I've said in many ways, a great musician, would you just jump into grabbing the guitar and playing a couple of tunes for the folks, because I know they want to hear it? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Amen. Check. Should I just sound check? For a second, so the balance is okay. Or I guess you can isolate it and turn one up or turn one down. One day, as I was walking along, I heard the angels singing. What you reckon they said to me? I heard the angels singing Say my sins I've forgiven And my soul set free I heard the angels singing What you reckon they said to me I heard the angels singing was walking along I heard the angels singing What you reckon they said to me I heard the angels singing Say my sins are forgiven and my soul set free I heard the angels singing What you reckon they said to me I heard the I haven't played that song and I haven't played that song probably like I don't know how many years. <laughs> no, all right. And then you go to a church where they play that. Oh, cheers. My dad is kind of a music snob coming from Liverpool, as I've boasted before when Ben Corson was on here. My mother used to go to the cavern, and I'm actually friends with Brian Epstein's nephew you know my sisters and family are always around the folks related to the Beatles and that but my dad has heard every kind of music and when he hears yours he says put that Josh guy on again put that Josh guy on again (laughs) so 
I don't know how much more honour you can get than that than Georgie Sumner back in England liking your music. But okay, Georgie. enough of Georgie. Uh, all that being said, we're believers and we're husbands, we're fathers, we're skateboarders. I know your hips have been through pretty much hell on earth, <laughs> but where do we go with this? Was, was skating first for you? Was it faith for you? I mean, where did the Josh story begin? Well... I was born in Cincinnati, and my parents moved to California when I was about six, but we moved around a lot when I was a kid um, before that because my dad was getting job transfers. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, both of my parents are, are serious believers. They both got saved in the Jesus People movement wow. like in, in the early 70s and, and through Calvary Chapel. And we started in the Midwest, and wow. they, were, they got married in Santa Monica, but then my dad was getting job transfers and stuff, and so... They moved us around when we were little kids, and then we moved back to California when I was six. Wow. And then I was here from six to 14, and then my parents moved to Chicago when I was 14, then back to California when I was 17. That's when I got sponsored by Toy Machine and stuff. But the Jesus movement, Lonnie Frisbee, uh, Chuck Smith in yeah, the what, 70s? that whole thing. Yeah, the early 70s, that's, that's how they got saved. My dad um, was totally an atheist and my mom was raised in kind of a Christian family but her parents were were her dad at least was kind of a an intense guy would would uh, was kind of abusive and and so when my mom and dad got married and they were going along she felt a desire to start going to church and stuff and and uh, my dad was not into it not having it but then he started reading a book called the late great planet earth by Hal Lindsey Mm -hmm. and uh there was some prophecy stuff in there that he was kind of blown away with that he wanted to investigate more. And so he started getting some different books and stuff. And, and then after learning about some of the prophecies like Daniel chapter nine and stuff, he was actually like blown away that that it could be real. And, and with the Dead Sea Scrolls and the whole thing. So he asked Jesus to come into his life and, and to believe. And so they, you know, they were at this place where they're living in Santa Monica and my dad had a crazy experience where he woke up in the middle of the night and felt this like dark presence that was like an energy that was like sucking all of like the light. Like they, they said that there was like a window that they slept in front of and, and the light from the window was dimmed and, and that there was this <laughs> tall black figure that was like nine feet tall in the, in the, in the wow. corner of the room. And my dad was paralyzed by it. And this was like right at the time. And he was like starting to yeah. like believe and question, and, question and stuff. And, wow. and he said in his mind, he said, Jesus, take it away. Jesus, take it away. And he said in a second it was gone. Hmm. And as soon as it disappeared, he said, my mom was screaming and they both had seen the same thing. They were both like petrified and, but just from that, I mean, it really, really rocked my dad's world because he's like learning about prophecy and and truth. And and then at the same time, like seeing the spirit world Mm -hmm. in a way, you know? And, and, and so when I was growing up, my parents were pretty faithful in teaching us the Bible and teaching us about like what it means to be a believer and to be saved and stuff. And, I asked Jesus to come into my heart when I was like a little kid, <laughs> but uh, like I mean, you it's do been in a, America, yeah. right? Like, yeah, a lot of people do, yeah. And because I, I mean, I've known your dad probably what 10, 12, 15 years, and what is he like six four, like one yeah, of the most gentle men I've ever met. And I think yeah. you were telling me he used to have papers folded up that yeah. probably had my name on and many oh, of your skate sure. friends' name, for sure. and he would just faithfully pray, yeah, and praying for the skate industry and praying for guys like myself and oh yeah, whoever he's got people on his prayer list that like he doesn't even talk to or doesn't wow. even have their phone number wow. anymore. He's he's but the, he's been blessed with that. I mean, I I'd like to he's say everybody could be like that, but like I don't know for some reason he like that's like what he wants to do is like yeah. get in that zone and like pray through a list, you know, which sounds mundane to us, but when the spirit makes you stoked on it, well, then it's, you know, well, it even, can fire you up, you know. Even Jesus <laughs> Jesus's prayer forgive them they don't know what they do is still being answered every time a sinner comes to faith. Right. And I look at how many people's grandparents faith. I mean, I didn't really know all my grandparents. I doubt they were believers, but finding an old Matthew Henry like 18th century, wow. I believe, like Bible right. from my uncle's side of the family 
I'm sure that generation, they didn't have video games and sitting around doing, they went the millennial generation of like ADD basically. Right. They probably just sat and prayed oh, for yeah. generations later. But so the Jesus movement happened. They came to faith. You're in Cincinnati. As far as I can remember, I don't really remember Cincinnati yeah. or any of that. I remember California. Which is a good thing then not to remember. <laughs> I don't know. I well, love all of America. But <laughs> yeah, but California is the place. Yeah, It is the place. No so, offense yeah. to anybody else. So then you, you're in the Inland Empire. You're beginning to skate. I mean, that's, I think I was obviously friends with Ed Templeton because when Jeff Rowley came here, best friends with Ed, they were vegans, they were doing their thing. Toy Machine blows up and then... Are you a believer at that time? Would you say? Oh, for sure. So you already you already had that faith, yeah. Well, what happened with me is like we moved to Chicago when I was uh, fourteen, and we moved back to California when I was seventeen, and that was right around the time Austin Stevens had mm-hmm. an interview, and he had a Thrasher interview, and he was a Christian at the time, and like and was like pretty serious about his faith, and and he was interviewed in there, I believe, by Ed, or it might have been Burnett, but he was asked. I think question. it was Ed because I think Mike was just coming on the scene then. Right, yeah. you're right. Yeah, but I think Mike maybe shot some of it as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, anyway, Ed asked Austin about his faith and like how he thinks it's okay that he would like skate street spots and like wreck people's property or something like that. Cause it's vandalism and trespassing. Right, exactly. But anyway, his, his answer was, you know, it was, I can't remember what he said, but I remember it being eloquent. I remember it being like, I remember just the thought of like, Hey, this dude's like, Ryan for Toy Machine and like he's a Christian too and like I really like, and he's thinking about and his he's faith thinking about his faith yeah. and like I remember closing the interview and I prayed I said God like I want to talk about you to wow. believers like and and I want to I'd love to be sponsored and at yeah. the time I was working on a I was putting my footage together for a Toy Machine video yeah <clears throat> and I remember praying and and I said I'd love to you know share my faith in you you know to skating and I don't even care you wow. know like I, I, whatever that looks like and I remember the Lord like telling me at the time, like that's what I'm going to do with you. Wow. Like it's going to. Are you a friend with Austin yet, or no? I was not. No, this is I had never met any of them. And then I I gave my video to Patrick Melcher, who knew Ed. Wow. Who Patrick Melcher's from Chicago? Ed skateboards or whatever that was. Yeah. Yeah, and well, and then he rode for. Um, he wrote for Black uh, Label. Black Label. Oh, he rips. And, yeah, he's amazing. Yeah, he still awesome. rips. He's still ripping to this day. He's doing the Zoomy stuff now, right? The tours, or he was doing something. I don't know what he's or... doing. I think he maybe he's a bartender or something like that. What's up, Melcher, wherever you are? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's so rad. <laughs> Thank you for giving my tape to Ed. And <laughs> this is like a God <laughs> used Patrick Melcher to get you on Toy Machine. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, me and Patrick would talk about God stuff. Dude, I was just this little kid, you know? So I gave my video to Melcher, and then Melcher went to Ed's house and like gave it to Ed and wow. it was like a you know VHS tape like back in the day but what he, was the song you were skating to what was the song you put in the sponsor me tape um it was either it was either a Nirvana song from In Utero or it was a it, I think it was a uh it might have been a song called uh it's like was it really worth it you can watch it on it <laughs> because of this yeah, is it's, it's like, sponsor me tape you better right, have a good video right but now I'm on I'm on this podcast my brain isn't going to work 100% it's not going to remember it doesn't when you have to actually use <laughs> I know, it yeah. I know I know uh, but it's an old punk song I, yeah. I don't know maybe but maybe, if it, it comes to me I'll mention it Ed so, sees yeah, it yeah and Ed saw it and then and then Ed called me and at the time my mom wasn't doing so well yeah. mentally and, and wow. like she called or he called and talked to her for an hour on the phone and, and I get home from school and I don't know what he was thinking. Like, Oh, I'll just call this at like, it was like a Tuesday or something at the, in like at noon. So you're I'll, saying you don't know what Ed was thinking. Well, <laughs> he clearly yeah. didn't think I was in school or something. He thought we were just having fun. Like I'm going to call this kid's mom. We're going to have a cool conversation. And he did He'll blow his mind because <laughs> he is funny like that. He is. He, blow is. Mind he is. And I think he was trying to get the inside scoop. Like what's this all about? And, and so I got home and, and my mom was like, Ed Templeton called and we talked on the phone for a really long long time he's so nice and i was like what i was like one did this happen and then two like two is this like you know like did my mom blow it in some way for me and then so it was all on mom it was all on mom. he was like does josh hand drag does he push mongo does he have yeah. a real flick does he mall grab yeah <laughs> so this is all going on and i remember to, to interject a bit I remember going out to skate from here, you know, five streets over where Ed used to live to the Inland Empire and Austin Stevens being with us. And he was a Christian and in the car, you know, I'm this little kid from England. I don't understand what I'm doing. 
And I'm like, oh, wait, so you have a girlfriend? And they're talking about girlfriends. And I'm asking all these kind of questions because I'm just this young kid who's 15, 16 over here. Like, oh, do you guys this and this? He's like, I don't do anything. I'm a Christian. I was like, wait a minute, what? And it was obviously Ed asking those funny questions. But for me to hear that you have a girlfriend and you hold hands once in a while and you go to church was like, what? Like, what? I'd never heard this stuff. Mm -hmm. So you've already been raised, but you see Austin's witness at that time, what he was confessing. Oh, yeah. Then does Ed call back? or So your mom obviously didn't blow it, right? No, no. It was, it was super cool. I mean, I got home and she was she told the truth. And then I called Ed and and he said, yeah, I'm going to send you a box. And then, and then you know, I'd wow. like you to, to call me at some point. So he sent me this box and like it was a ton of stuff, like <clears throat> more than I even get now. How cool like, is that? How cool it was is so crazy. My first packages of like 10 boards. And you know, the best thing from a skate package was loads of stickers. Yeah. And you just put stickers all over like totally. your TV remote and yeah. in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. and it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm sponsored and I'm skating. And that was it. <laughs> so you get this package and then yeah, I got the box. And then I was just like, I couldn't even believe it. I couldn't sleep. And I called Ed and I was just like, I can't believe it. I opened the box and called Ed. I was wow. like, hey, Ed, like I got the box. And like, I dumped <laughs> it on the floor and I was like, I can't believe it. I got all these boards. Like what? Like, and he, he said that he told me later that like my my how stoked I was. He was like, I want this guy to ride for Toy Machine because he's appreciated. So down he, for the brand, and I yeah. was, and I I was so like, and I am still. I mean, I yeah. I loved all of Ed's graphics. I loved the like humor and like everything. Like he just had such a way with like you know being goofy and like as a kid, like it was so well. Ed's very loving. I mean, I oh, think I think people look at like here's Josh or Brian or these Christian dudes, and Ed's over there like hail Satan you know, blah, blah, blah. The, the, the guy's an artist and he's obviously using his lens to expose certain things and bring to light and draw attention. And, it, and it's, you know, people refer to a lot of times it's narcissistic, but life's narcissistic. But for Ed, he's a guy that like wants you to have a good day. Right. We go skate, he's fun. Whenever I see him and my kids, he becomes like a 10 year old and they just love hanging out with him or whatever he's doing. Right. And he's such a part of skating. So he's also trying to build this brand and continue it on the tailcoats of the, you know, Jamie Thomas, Kerry Getz, Maldonado, Bama era, Donnie Barley, that was kind of like still going and now you're getting on. Mm -hmm. So then here's the thing is where was your response to God when you'd said, God, you're going to get me involved in skating at the time? Did you even think, or was it more like, okay, this just came through. Like you'd prayed, God's going to use me as a kid. You were just thinking about skating. You weren't even yet like, this has got opening a door. <laughs> you were just like, yeah, well, I mean, I don't, I never had like I never looked at stuff growing up yeah. as like secular or religious yeah, or Christian. Yeah. I never really had that line. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad yeah. thing. Um, but at the time, like that was like, I want to ride for toy machine. You want to that skate. Was like that's a, what you did. Right. And that was like, yeah. And it just, it was all timing and, yeah. and perfect timing. And I went out skating with those guys and, and then, um, Ed gave me a list that said get gnarly on it. It had Atiba and Burnett and all these people's names so on it. I still have the the piece of paper. Like go shoot. And just yeah. for you guys listening, this is a bunch of photographers. Like Atiba by this time had come out from Colorado with his brother. It was, you know, shooting a lot of Andrew and it was me and Jim Greco around. He yeah. was becoming the man. Yeah. Transworld. Mike Burnett at Thrasher, and he was always more the toy guy, right? Because he right. was around everyone. Right. And he just said, here's a list of photographers, call them and go. Yep. And you had to just start hooking back heels. So I just started, I, well, I knew yeah. spots cause I grew up in That's Altaloma. Right. Yeah. So I knew all these spots out in the IE and Riverside and all these different places that I'd that gone no to knew, that yeah. like older skate kids would take me to. And so I went back there and, and just like, I'd take Burnett there and he'd be like, what? Like, yeah. how do you know about this spot? And I'm like, dude, this thing's been here forever or whatever. And then I would be able to get tricks and then he would take it back to Thrasher and then they'd print it. And then it was like, I was starting to get coverage and or it was a toy machine ad or it was just right and then it was just it happened so fast and it was all i remember it was all colorful buildings big churches a lot of it and yeah. um, just just the blooming summer of california that you know guys like me idolized and said this guy gets to just go skate down this warm and sunny and without soccer hooligan concrete and just do a couple of this is great you know right. so at that time this is going on skating's blowing up and then is billy marks on now who's the team What's Toy Machine looking like? The team at the time was was Diego, Buccieri, Austin, yeah. and Ed. And then Billy and I got on at the same time, and wow. then it was Nate Broussard. Yeah. And I still talk to Nate to this day. On yeah, he's, yeah, he's so cool. He's so awesome. Yeah. 
So this is all going on. Then I remember, guys, listening, even back then, I obviously was married, divorced, going through my journey. And it was guys, I remember like Lance Mountain, who I you know, was hanging out with today, uh, Ray Barbie, and people were starting to hear Brian's going through all this stuff. And I think I remember even going to Huntington Park and Tim Tim was like, yeah, I believe. And then talking to you. And I think we had a bunch of conversations about the Bible and prophecy and Nephilim. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember these conversations? I do, I do. What? And I remember us emailing each other. Yeah, yeah. I remember like you emailed me and you're like, I'm I'm figuring this out. And I want to say at the time you were like on probation or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you like yeah. for getting into too many fights and I had, I had a baton in my in my car that you're not meant to have and I right. didn't know. Right. And so I have community service. Right. And, and listen, I read <laughs> I looked at community service, I said, I'm gonna disprove the Bible because if I do right then I can prove God's not real and I don't need to live anymore. Right. And you know, I, for those who didn't check out any of the podcasts, I was married, had a son, didn't work out, fighting with my ex-wife like crazy, overliving, and I began to challenge the Bible. Fortunately, God showed up as he's faithful and saved me and redeemed me, you know, and I'm in the same house now. Right. And my son's now almost 19 with two other children. But the point was, my challenge was, God, if I can disprove you, so... Right. Rabbis were getting emailed and all my Rastafari <laughs> friends, every yeah. Mormon that showed up to the door. Let's sit down, have a conversation and guys like yourself. Yeah. And, and actually it's funny because you talked about your dad with Daniel nine. That was really the verse that I came to faith with was the prophecies in Daniel and Chuck Missler. Mm. And at the time you, and I think your brother was teaching apologetics at Brit Merrick's church. Um, uh, reality. Reality. Yeah. Reality yeah. Britt Merrick, Al Merrick's son. Right. And so Nate, your brother was over there. Mm -hmm. So now we're emailing. And then mm -hmm. what was the next five or six years in the skate industry? Cause people ask questions. How did you even get through that as a skater on toy machine, which the main graphic is, you know, as a joke, looks like an all CNI or, you know, sure. the dude with the horns to us. It was just graphics. Right. But what were those years like touring as a Christian? Did it lead you away? Where did your faith end up? Right. Well, when I got sponsored, I was I was 17. And then I, I finished high school early um, to go on tour. Mm -hmm. I, I got all my classes and tests done and then bailed and graduated. And, and then I went on my first toy machine tour and came back and I started making enough money between Etnies and... Yeah and toy machine to rent an apartment in a Long Beach so I could be or closer or to, yeah, it was just, yeah. it was Austin Stevens and I, Austin was living with Ed at the yeah. time and we became such good friends like so quickly and like really bonded on a lot of the music and stuff. Like, like he was into, he and, and, uh, Daniel Schmizu like and, and stuff, right? Well, yeah. no, they, they knew stuff that other people didn't know about. Cause back then there was no internet. And so like you had to know, <laughs> you know, like there, there were people that knew cool, like you dinosaur know, bands Jr. From, and the stuff right, or like even that. stuff like, even like T-Rex or like yeah. Tyrannosaurus Rex or like bands that were like from, from yeah. eras that were beyond. So anyway, we, we connected through that stuff. So it was like, all right, let's get an apartment and, we had an apartment in Long Beach, and uh, back then it was so cheap. We had a two, yeah. I think it was like, a, I think we paid like 900 bucks, and it was a two-bedroom apartment with two bathrooms and stuff. With like three or four of you in there? It was just me and Austin. Wow. It was, I, I, and, those, and then Griffin, Griffin moved that's in That's right. To live with us for a while when yeah. I was going through my stuff. And, and now he's now doing really well at Vans. The and, TM at Vans were good No, friends. he's like, he's bigger than that he's like bigger a, than that. he's like griffin, a creative director of some kind i don't know griffin i'm sorry all the years we hung out and i was torturous but man you're amazing and, griffin love you awesome thanks for the shoes i'll have to hit him up this week for my for send me some band shoes <laughs> right um but so this is all going on this is happening i'm now going through my struggle i come to faith you're living well, in no, Long Beach. well yeah you you asked me like what was it like with my faith and stuff at that time so that's I think that was the first time my faith kind of got tested mm -hmm. um, living in that apartment because I was exposed to you know tons of stuff like not I mean I was exposed to like weed and stuff when yeah. I was a little kid um, just through skating and stuff it just being around in the 90s it was like yeah you it was just everywhere but then like living there and then like we'd go to parties and then you'd see you know, people, whatever. Other skaters that are generations ahead skaters of you, that's other, what you do. Yeah, you end up in Hollywood or at some weird place, and there's yeah. people, you know, you end up in shady places, and you see some stuff, and then you meet people that have uh, maybe a more powerful intellect than you have at the time as a kid, and then you, you know what I mean? You start to, you, you know, and you and question. Is an art. It is expression, right. so some people are just like, you believe this, bleep, 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 how dumb is it? Right. And I remember you even saying, man, 
after I think I came to faith, yeah, it's brutal. Some people want to just go off on you or you're sitting in the back of a van for three weeks. Right. How many dudes are... And, and people, Where it's like 10 dudes making fun of you. <laughs> and it's not like it's harsh, it's intentional, but it's right. just consistent. So it's like... And you when know, you're a well, kid, you're like sensitive and like you don't know how to respond to people and like how to... You know, they can vote you off a team or right. someone, which, which Ed would never care about those kind of things. Right. But as a young middle of America kid on the, on the West coast with your faith, cause a lot of people have, have sent me questions and how did Josh even get through that? And I remember, cause you're, I think I'm pretty sensitive, but I just get on with stuff. Cause I'm like, I got to, where you were like, man, this stuff messes with me. You'd come back from a trip sometimes and go, Brian, it just, it wears me out. Oh, that's so exhausting. Because it's it's the, the constant challenge because if you can lead someone to faith, which ultimately what the Lord does, their whole life is going to change. Yeah. And so, and here's how it kind of works, guys. You know, it's Friday night. I mean, for us, we're sitting around doing a podcast, me, Isaac, and Josh. Yeah. When I'm 15, 16, 17, this dude's already gone to the store to get right. a load of chicken or burgers and loads of people coming over to the apartments. And this guy's, of course, going to get a bunch of beer and that guy probably smokes weed and it isn't like you're just sitting on doing nothing or worse like i mean some of the people can get that great, but i'm saying gnarly. but it's this big yeah. hangout where you're watching skate movies sure. they're in the so it's just fun right. it's just a part of moving to right. california life right. but now you fast forward five ten years you're actually becoming an alcoholic or this person's overdosed or your addictions and your demons come out and i guess where this goes is then so you had your faith and I remember because you have even verses on your arms about what you wrestle with and stuff at the time. Yeah. yeah. Then now you're pro, you're making more money. Well, I, I was, yeah, I was pro. I, I had a serious, I always believed, I read my Bible every day yeah. when I lived in that apartment with Austin and stuff. And like, I talked to those dudes about God and like, we would talk about, we would get, we would go deep. I mean, I smoke, yeah. I'd smoke weed with them and yeah. like talk, we'd like break stuff down and like, be, do you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, no, the yeah. first time I ever took mushrooms, I yeah. prayed, I said, Jesus, like protect me from what I might see or like what might try to hurt me yeah. while I do this. And like that, don't, don't do that. Anyone. Okay. <laughs> if you are new to the faith, don't take mushrooms and don't pray while you're taking, I mean, I'm not trying to make it sound yeah. cool or it's anything. Not, I'm not, just yeah. telling you, honestly, like yeah. that's where I was, you yeah. know, I was like, all right, I'm, uh, I'm going to see what this is like. Like yeah. these guys are telling me that like, it, it's interesting and it was interesting to me yeah. at the time, you know, like I, I, the deception that can come from that can be totally dangerous and yeah. detrimental brain damage or whatever can happen to you when you take drugs like that. Um, but to me at the time, it was like, okay, I'm seeing things from a different perspective. And so I was sort of opening myself up to experimentation. I was young, you know, I was like, I was like 17, Especially 18 years old. Especially your music influence with the sure. um, Elliot Smiths and even Kurt Cobain and everyone else. They, they And the Beatles, they go deeper. Because right. I remember at the same time for us, when we lived on Warner Avenue a year or two ahead of this, I did mushrooms and I'd, I'd never did anything. I never really smoked. I didn't really care about drinking like that. But I remember doing mushrooms. It was me. Andrew Reynolds, Jim Greco, I think Hayes and Ali Bulala. And the first night, like Andrew kind of freaked out, <laughs> jumped over a bush, folded his ankle. Oh, the next man. night I kind of freaked out. And I remember running to a gas station down the street off Warner Avenue near the Sprouts, going into the gas station and telling the guy, man, life sucks. I'm so over all this stuff. And nothing, I'd never, I wasn't married yet, nothing. And I remember telling the guy in the gas station, like, man, life's just so intense. I don't know why I was saying it. And he turned around and said to me, life's a blessing life's a blessing god has blessed you this wow. is a blessing from god i remember like getting like a strawberry milkshake to like you who wanted to stare at me going what and then i went back to the room and sat there and i was like life's a blessing and i didn't <laughs> do it the next night and the next night jim greco did it and then we were all done but that was kind of normal yeah, and, and, yeah. and i remember telling jeff roll you know because growing up with him yeah i did mushrooms and i go you know it's natural he goes yeah it's a natural poison right it's gonna just kill your brain like <laughs> stop doing it you know so so anyway you're now yeah experimenting so, and doing right. silly stuff and, and so you know, I lived there for like three years or something up to this point where, you know, it was, I think at this point I was maybe 20, maybe 21. Yeah. Um, I, oh no, I was, I was about 20 cause I hadn't been married yet. So I was 20. We were at this kid's house in Huntington and, uh, and it was just kind of like one of those houses where the parents were always gone and yep. people could come over and like do drugs and like people, you know, like a lot of what happens in Huntington. Right. Yeah. And, and we ended up in the garage and this kid was not a novice, like, you know, weed smoker. It was like crazy bongs and stuff there. Yeah. And like, we, I think I stood on a chair and hit this bong and like, and the, 
but didn't realize that it was like something was in there, either angel dust oh, or like no. cocoa puff, something wow. gnarly like cocaine or something in there. And I'm taking this huge rip and like, and I wasn't like, this wasn't new to me. Like it yeah. wasn't like a, I, it wasn't going to like spin me out, you yeah. know what I mean? But something was in that, that night and it, it got me, man. And I, I got so, it was so intense. And like, I, I just started feeling like I couldn't control my legs or anything like wow. that. And, and, uh, I left the garage and went and sat by the car and I couldn't get in cause, cause Griffin drove and, and Griffin was looking for me and then like came out and found me. He's like, Oh man, let me take you back to the apartment. And I, he took me back up to Long Beach to the apartment and, and I just had a terrible night of like yeah. shaking and like having some kind of weird reaction to whatever I had. And, um, and, I, you prayed again or you cried? Yeah, I was like, I, I mean, I, I was praying every, I probably <laughs> prayed and read the Bible that morning, like for real. Wow. And then, and then, and then side note too, that kid is actually ended up getting to heroin. He, he's dead now. Oh, he's wow. no longer with us. Wow. Um, but, uh, that night I, I went to, uh, I just had a super long night. I couldn't, couldn't read, make sense of the Bible or anything. And, uh, I felt like there was a presence like mocking me or like that there was like a darkness that was like keeping me mm-hmm. from like, I, I don't know how to explain it. Like um, being released from doing this stuff or just, no, I felt like I was being mocked and I felt like I was going to go to hell. Like wow. I felt like I was like, I like sinned really bad or like that. I like God wasn't happy with like with me in some way. And I don't know if it was, the weed or what it was. I don't know what it was, yeah. but I felt convicted like big time that I was not okay with God at the yeah. time. And I woke up early that morning and drove to my parents' house and in Rancho and said, told my dad like, Hey, I don't feel right with God. And mm. you know, can you help me? And, and we prayed and I just felt so lousy about the whole thing. And just, just that real true conviction yeah. of the Holy Spirit. I mean, I'm, I, it's so long ago now, but at the time it was so, so convicting. And I felt, um, Amen. I just really felt like I needed to be right with God. And, and so I had my dad baptize me in the pool in the backyard. Cause I just wanted to make like some kind of an outwards statement of faith, you know, like I want it like God, yeah. I want you, like, I don't want to like die and not be with God. Yeah. Like, cause I, I feel like I've known the Lord since I was a little kid, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I get, I go back to my room and I change and I, I just got on my knees and I said, Jesus, I like, please forgive me. You yeah. know, like I'm, I'm so sorry. Like whatever it is I've done or like whatever I did, you know, I was yeah. so young and learning and, and, and I felt like the power of the Holy spirit just covered me. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm being like, almost like covered, like sheltered. Yeah. And I heard the words, I love you and I forgive you. I love you and I forgive you. Mm-hmm. And I just felt so much freedom and peace after that. And I started hearing this Holy Spirit talk to me. Like he would say, like, you need to get out of that apartment. The girl you're with, Jenna, is yeah. your wife. Like, it's like, she's, yeah, the, she's one the one I've given you. Yeah. And like, I was... And she is your wife. And now. she is my yeah. wife now, today, still. And I, and, you know, I was young. I was 20 years old. And we got married. I, I was 20 and she was 19. Yeah. We got married shortly after that. And then we got our own place. But I was still... I was still skating for toy and like I fallen had just started. I started going on fallen tours and stuff. So my faith was strong. That's why like my faith was strong because I had like almost like a born again experience in that day. Like it's not that I wasn't a Christian, but yeah, I was like 20. Because this is, and guys, just to address this, even pastorally, you know, like you're raised in the church, you're comfortable. Like my kids, they see Bibles all over the house. I mean, there's a stack of John Piper, Keith Green books next to me right here. I mean, my kids are just used to it. But your faith has to become your own. And and I would love nothing more than for if my kids struggle with something to drive out to my house and say, Dad, here's where I am. Because mm-hmm. people listening to this could be like, man, I've gone too far. You haven't. Whatever you've done is not bigger than the blood of Jesus. It's the most perfect thing ever and you can be forgiven and i'm saying that to say wherever you are go to someone cry out god is faithful you know when adam and eve sinned in the garden they went and hid in the bushes and god came and asked where are you 
And you have to know that God sovereignly knew exactly where they were, but he was asking them, do you know where you are? Right. Josh, do you see where you are? Do you want to get on a chair and smoke a bong, even as crazy as it sounds, and who knows what's in it? Is this what I created you for? Right. And so as you return home and crying out, not that it's a prodigal son thing, but you've got to have this journey. So now you fast forward, you're marrying Jenna, you have kids. Are you attending church at the time or... You're doing your own thing, kind of? Yeah, we we were, but we didn't really have a fellowship. I always really struggled with it, man. Like, honestly. With and the I, faith or with going to church? Or not the- with the faith. Like, I, because my dad believed the prophecy and stuff, it was easy for me to believe as a kid because it was like I knew stuff that, like, most people people don't learn yeah. when they go to when they go to church or you whatever. Mean Daniel's prophecy? Yeah, like Dan- Daniel's <laughs> yeah. prophecy, the prophecy of Daniel chapter 9. That, Ezra and Nehemiah, <clears throat> the Messiah is riding into the city Right, the and, and that, yeah, that the Messiah will be cut off. The cut anointed off. one would be, to the yeah. day, the day that Jesus rides in on the donkey, it, it prophesies yeah. and it's and it's like people debated that for the longest time and then it, it was that that part of Daniel was found in the Dead Sea Scrolls that predate Christ. Um, in the in and he says it if was only not, you I think had it was known. early forties or, or late thirties, but it's yeah, like the yeah. right. And so there's this, you know, it's pretty undeniable that someone knew something. And like when I was a kid, that was like, yeah, of course, like it's like a no brainer, and like people don't. You know, it's crazy talking about it because even with Lance Mount at the skate park today, he was bringing up Daniel nine. Uh, Lance, what's going on? But I think it's important to note that Daniel chapter nine because it's gnarly. It's shocking. Listen, it you're is. reading through the Old Testament. You get to Daniel. Daniel is this kid in um, exile in Babylon. He's been there for Jeremiah's prophesied for seventy years, and um, he's given this prophecy. And while he's praying and fasting, Gabriel. The messenger angel, you know, Michael's the warrior angel. Gabriel shows up to him and gives him a prophecy for his people from Ezra and Nehemiah that from the time the decree is given for the temple to be rebuilt until the Messiah comes will be a certain amount of dates. And what this means is Jesus shows up and in the New Testament, which is 400 years after the book of Malachi, he rides into the city on this donkey and he's weeping. And if you don't understand Daniel, you're like, why is he weeping? And he says, if only you had known in this day that which was spoken by the prophet Daniel, because this was the time of his arrival and they were going to reject Jesus. He was going to be killed and cut off. And when I read this on a plane flying back from somewhere, not a Christian yet, I couldn't believe it. It says the Messiah will be cut off. This is a prophecy, one of the 300 that you find in the Old Testament to his coming. And I, like your dad, like Lance was talking about today, said his dad was a historian who actually looked at these verses I don't even know if his dad was a believer, but he said, this is historical. Mm-hmm. So you have this kind of faith now. Obviously, Jesus lived, died, rose again. So you've got, but this faith is kind of a cushion for however I live, I know I believe. Mm-hmm. You're married to Jenna. You're still making all this money skating. And Jamie at the time was coming to faith, right? With Fallen, he always kind of believed. Mm-hmm. So you're on a team with Jamie Thomas as a believer. Mm-hmm. I think Christian Asoy was getting out of prison and then I was coming to faith and we were kind of called, you know, like I think the God squad, there was a load of us that were like, oh, this is the God squad. And, it's, <laughs> and it sounds funny, but you know, I guess we're the God squad. So I yeah, I don't I'm care. God I mean, squad all day. Hey, I'm going to stand before the Lord. If I'm, I want to be part of his squad. For so, sure. so this is all going on. And then now you're out here, you're skating. I feel like we had the same kind of career where we'd hook ourselves off handrails and gaps and bumps and road for a lot of very known companies got to go all over the world. Mm-hmm. When did you start playing music? I started playing music around 2000 and was it 2009 maybe? I mean, did you know you could play music? Could you sing or, or what? I mean, I, I started playing guitar this, around the same time that I, I started skating. And then when I lived in Long Beach at that apartment, I would like learn all kinds of songs and stuff. Because Austin played, I heard is really good. And Danny Garcia, was right. he around you guys? Danny's really good, I heard. Yeah. 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 Um, and then our buddy, Matt Costa. Right. Yeah, Matt who, Costa. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was around Ruka and stuff at the time. Who in this room where we're sitting, came over to my house one night, didn't want to go home, had a crazy experience that's biblical that I could share another time if Matt comes on the podcast, but right. he played his song Eyes for You and I turned around and couldn't believe it. And then his career like takes off, you know, mm-hmm. and he's doing all this stuff. But you're around all these musicians, you begin to play and where I'm going is then you suddenly start getting these pains in your hips, right? As like mm-hmm. a 26, 30 year old man or... I was 25, I okay. think, when this was happening. Well, I went on a 
I went on a toy machine tour and I fell on my hip really hard. And then I started developing growth spurs in my hip because my cartilage in my right hip was, uh, was totally worn out and, yeah. and it's partially genetic and it's partially the, the abuse I've done to myself from skating. And, uh, and so I went to the doctor and they said, you know, go see another doctor. And so I'd go see all these different doctors. And then I went to one doctor, um, who told me that I was going to, need a mm. hip replacement, which is like they cut the top of your femoral head off and they jam a metal rod down in your femur and it's like your fake hip joint. Um, and he said, that's going to wear out in about 10 years and then you're going to be in a wheelchair for the rest of your life. And I said, that's not possible. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I'm not having that. Yeah. But that was really bad, especially because our son Harrison was here and then my second son Henry was, was, uh, on his way and I still had to pay the bills through skating. So I was going on to, I was going on like some of my stuff and like ride the sky and in brainwash and all that stuff. Like I was, these are videos you guys. Yeah. They're, they're skate videos I was in, but I, I, I was, you know, taking Advil or taking whatever Mm -hmm. the doctor gave me to survive. And it got so bad. The growth spurs got so bad. I couldn't even tie my shoe and I would like tie my shoe and slip my foot in there. And then I would, I would, like if we watched the video, I could show you like, yeah, I couldn't even tie my shoe on that trick or whatever, but I was like jumping on rails. If I could ollie up to it and like grind down the rail, I would do it as long as my knee didn't have to come up so high and my hip couldn't like, didn't have to bend that way that far. I think I remember the doctor saying that they, these are the kind of hips that what was it? A 60 or 80 year old man has Yeah, like we've never seen it in someone your age, Mm -hmm. which is a crazy challenge to your faith because you're like, okay, Lord, I'm meant to be here for you which many have seen Josh as a Christian skater. Right. Not that we use that term, but you're obviously out there, you're talking about it, whatever else. Then your hips are going. Mm -hmm. And for me, it seemed like, okay, I mean, I'm around a lot of musicians. I've seen a lot of, you know, and to me, I get the gift and talent of people, but I like to hear worship. And you're starting to play this music that I was like, this is crazy. Like, it sounds amazing. It's good. It's worshipful. Mm -hmm. But now your skate career is going to head one way. What am I going to do with the bills? There's more kids on the way. These are real life questions that normally you don't have till you're later in your 30s or 40s when the age of adolescence kind of leaves. We grow up a bit. We either have a business or we do whatever. Right. What begins to happen? I mean, you're riding for a toy machine and these companies, your other hip, right? Both hips. So now you've had surgery on so both I had, of them. So I had a surgery that they took the, they orthoscopically took the bone spurs away, which made my hip even worse. <clears throat> and then, so this was kind of like going on for like about two years. And then, um, I was keeping it a secret from my sponsors cause I didn't want anybody to know anything was up and like, just like, getting paid. And you're doing yeah. Okay, I was getting yeah. paid and it was like, we, we need an ad. So I'd like try to find some spot I could still do, you know what I like mean? Like a ditch or a bank <laughs> yeah, or ledge. Yeah. yeah. And, and then I finally had this surgery, um, called hip resurfacing surgery, which was totally new at the time. Uh, there's only like one or two doctors in the country that could do it. And he was in LA and I had that done and then it, it fixed my hip and I could, I could skate. And then I started, I got the cover of trans world after that. And I, I was doing, um, I mean, I was doing well for like a good period of time there, but then I was, I was kind of focusing more on music at the time because I saw it as a sort of a way to, to like, to, it was a second act. Yeah. It was like a second act. Yeah. yeah. Or like something that I love, you know, yeah. or like something that I could do that I, that I love that was part of me, you know, wow. my, who, how I'm built. And, and so that went on and, and I did that for a while with my skate career. And uh, with your faith. Cause I remember we went, you know, I think it was either England, New Zealand, um, Cayman Islands, you and me, Yeah, we've been all over the place. Yeah. And I would go into these churches and I would share my story and preach and you would play worship. And so you're saying, okay, Lord, you're getting to use me in this area and I'm able to be in the skate culture. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I mean, we've talked about guys already, but I got to witness to all these people when I came to faith. And for me, it was more focus on your marriage and dig into the word. And I'm going to use you in these areas. I would go into skate events and skate ministry and share my faith and do whatever. But it was much more about preaching encouraging the church, encouraging marriages. This is much more what I do today for you. You're saying, okay, Lord, here's this musical gift. Use it. If it's in the skate world or not, um, skating starts to slow down. People get paid less. And I think you even got offered by some of these 
Christians to say, hey, come out and whether it's Nashville or somewhere, come and play this style of music and come and do this. And really, skaters were stubborn because we think we know. And I think it's because we do know we live on the West Coast or the East Coast and that influences into America. You have your own style. You can't just go and sound like so-and-so at that church to simply pay the bills. God didn't make us that way. And too many people compromise who they are. It's it's not about your integrity. It's about doing what God's called you to do. So skating, slowing down. Your music's here. You're juggling what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Where does it go next? What's the because we were, you were in Calvary, and then I think I was going to the sanctuary at the time. You mm-hmm. were there. You were figuring out where you are, and then how did that all? Where did that all lead you to? Um, well, I should say that during that time too, I had this experience that I can't at that church when there was a visitor there that yeah. came and like prayed for me. Um, not to say I'm not saying the theology or anything that yeah. was happening at that time was solid or anything, but there was a guy that like, I had this experience at that church where I was there and he was like, God is calling you to another place and wants to bless you with a gift and yeah. like, and all this stuff. And like, I remember just sitting there in the crowd and at the time I was like super reserved in like, like I was the kind of person that like when people put their hands up in there at church, like it made me uncomfortable, <laughs> you know? What I mean? And so I remember just being like, hands down, like I respect that. Like, that's cool. But like, I'm not the, that person, you know, but I had, the, I had this, this dude came up and he was like telling these people to come forward. And there's like, there's one more person that's not coming forward. And I was like, no. <laughs> and I, I felt like God like pushed me down that aisle and I went down there and like, I, I felt a power and authority of God and the Holy spirit that night that mm-hmm. I never felt before. Like it was so powerful and it really, it yeah. really, I think that that was one of the things that helped me through that time because yeah. I was like, I was stressed to lay in my bed, frustrated on my hips. I yeah. was in pain. I mean, Anybody that's been in chronic pain for like years time, it starts to drain on your dude. You get your, depressed. You Life get depressed. Isn't normal. Like, yeah, you're going to places and talking. What am I going to do? Be in a wheelchair? Right. Or it messes with. I you. used to like hit the bed and yell and be so pissed. I was just so mad, not at God, but just mad that like I yeah. could. That was in pain. Like, and then I'd go and talk to people or to hang out with my friends and like I'd pr- I'd know that I was supposed to laugh at the joke, but I was you know, and I would like fake it so that I could be wow. afraid. Like, how would the normal Josh act right now? Like, wow. you know what I mean? Because yeah. I was in so much pain and uh, I was exhausting, and, but at the same time, like that the heat was getting turned up. Like the Lord was like, was he trying to die? So you felt Lord like someone was, told you to go somewhere and be somewhere and he was going to use you in a certain way. Yeah, it was. Well, I think it, what it was that night was like, I feel like I got baptized in the Holy spirit. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I, I like, I don't know. And for those of you who don't maybe get what Josh is saying, that there's in different Christian camps. Some people would say, Hey, I mean, obviously you cannot confess Jesus as Lord unless you have the spirit of God. So he's within you. That's the difference. Like he saves you, forgives you, gives you the spirit. And then there's some camps that believe there's a secondary baptism. Right. And whether you call it, you know, the spirit coming upon you or filling you or the epi of the or spirit. An, or an anointing for anointing, a season. Anointing, whatever you what, want to say. Yeah. I mean, for me, I believe you confess him as Lord, you're filled with the spirit. He's in you. Right. And daily you pursue him. And it's this constant filling and living for him. And that's what changes you. So whether you view it as a secondary thing or not, um, I don't believe there has to be an evidence to confirm that you have the spirit of sure. God. And I would no. never tell someone that, right. but also Josh is not saying that someone prophetically is saying I'm adding to the canon of scripture. The no. Bible is closed, but God is going to tell you, I believe if you ask and pursue and see, cause I've seen it in my own life. I don't chase signs. Signs follow those who believe, but who are you going to marry? Josh is here claiming that God told him to marry Jenna. And he did. And um, you might feel called to somewhere. You might feel called to something. Even the most conservative people said, I feel called to plant a church. The Holy spirit does lead us. You want to confirm it. So you hear this, you're now feeling called. What do you think the guy was telling you or the person? No, to? he didn't tell me anything. I just feel like I, I felt like at that time it was, it was something that was imparted to me because I stepped out in faith to like receive that blessing that like, it was one of the things that, that helped me. Like you're, you're asking like where I was and like how I was getting through all of that. And like, honestly, it was just like things like that. Like mm-hmm. the Lord would show up and carry me through. And it was really difficult. You know, it was, it was, 
extremely difficult and something that I still, yeah. you know, I still have days where I'm in pain all day and it's, it's not fun for yeah. me. And, and, um, uh, this but, is when you're recording your first or second album that was worship. Mm-hmm. And I think even, I might even have the book. What is it? Bitter, a sweet, sweet, and bitter, bitter providence. providence. It was a John Piper book that right. Desire and God sent me. And I think I gave it to you. Yeah. And then and I you wrote read more it, Naomi and you that. wrote more Naomi about yeah. bitter Naomi. And then right. it's funny. You, you wrote this song and I sent it to my buddy and then they put it out there and it's really a very theological song about going through suffering and bitterness and the King of Kings mm-hmm. coming through that lineage. Right? right. So, so God is doing a work in you. That's this beautiful romantic poema as we speak in the language he uses. And now you're in this season of, okay, where am I? What's going on? This led to what? Skating, slowing down, your music being out there. And then you feeling like you're going to move back to, Hey guys, sorry to interrupt, but we are going to have to go to a part two of Josh. He's about to open up about some amazing things that the Lord did and is still doing. Join us. We did promise another song. So in fact, you're going to get a second song in a moment and then two more songs in the next part. But again, this is Brian Sumner with the Foolishness Podcast. My focus is missions, marriages, and ministry. If you'd like to come alongside and partner, help with much of the ministry I'm out there doing, it is all supported through people who choose to donate. There's no salary. There's no business. And I want to be ready in and out of season. God has opened these certain doors, and it does take people coming alongside and partnering. So thank you for listening, tuning in. God bless you guys. Talk to you soon. Join us in part two. Here's Josh's song. Whatever you want to do. Whatever you want to do. It's like you switched 360 flipping down. Whatever you want to do, I play it for you. This has been brought to you by the One Story Podcast. Tonight, I-